lives up to its nickname, the Windy City. Winds of up to 90 miles an hour bring the less hardy to a standstill or use them like a Scotsman's curling stones. Alley fight between Fitz and Combs. You both get to pick three all-time Sox and Cubs as part of your alley fight. My my number one draft pick is Michael Barrett. Michael Barrett, you're out of your mind. Like Michael, but do you see that right hook? Ask AJ Brzezinski if he wants to get hit with that right hook again. You can ask AJ Brzezinski that. I will. God, that's gonna be that's such a podcast question. I uh, shut up. Go to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. Freebay has it. He throws. Out! Out! A White Sox winner and a World Championship! And what is going on, Windy City Sports Talk fans? It's your boy, Brandon Combs, alongside my ever-loving podcast co-host, <laughs> Ryan Fitzgibbons. We've got a lot to get to tonight. We are going to talk about the Chicago White Sox and the train wreck that they are, as well as having a shortstop that got hit on the chin almost as hard as the organization did this past weekend. We're going to get to some Cubs talk. Cubs are within a game of the wild card, two and a half out of the division. They've got a shot at both. Surprisingly, did not see this coming, but they're playing some good baseball right now. Also, going to get to the Bears. A lot of Bears talk. We got the uh, preseason week one is this saturday against the titans but of course if you miss any part of today's live broadcast you can now catch us on all podcast platforms including amazon music spotify and pandora we're also available on iHeartRadio. as always make sure to click the like button share and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform if you have any feedback for us or have something you want us to talk about or questions you want us to answer you can email us at combs and fits all one word Combs and Fitz at gmail.com. Fitzy, man, what's going on, buddy? What's going on? What a weird week for one of the teams. Good week for the other. I mean, yeah. The Chicago White Sox, they just keep one up in themselves. I mean, the entire team, the entire organization is unbelievable. It is getting pretty it's, bad yeah it's it's bad it's sad um i know we both have talked about uh you know on this show and, and behind the scenes where you know we we talk just about every day um you know different sports things and and i know that we both kind of stand in the same box in the same realm when it comes to the chicago white Sox. i wonder and maybe you can answer this question better than i can is when are we going to be able to start talking about baseball when it comes to this organization? When are we going to be able to stop talking about all the stupid shit that they're doing on the other side, on the outside of the field, and start talking about this actually being a, a program that we can actually, hey, let's let's go fill these stands. Let's go watch some meaningful baseball on the south side of Chicago. I think it's going to be quite a while. I mean, I don't know how you clean this out. I mean... Yeah, it was the Boston Red Sox that they have trouble, uh, you know, when Theo Epstein, I guess, got let go or left, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, you know, Terry Francona did get fired. So it's not like he didn't get fired. He did get fired because uh, they were drinking in the bullpen. I mean, that seems like <laughs> like White Sox light. I mean, that's just one problem. 
We also got Tim Anderson <laughs> knocked the hell out. We'll show some video from the Guardians. I haven't listened to it yet, but from what it sounded like just in the few seconds I played it, it's pretty good. But you got, yeah, I mean, you got him getting knocked out by Jose Ramirez. And then there's more that comes out from Kenyon Middleton. And then Lance Lynn doubles down on guys sleeping and then not uh, um, uh, practicing before games, especially the pitching staff. Uh, Yasmani Grandel and Tim Anderson get into a fight in the locker room because Yasmani wants to take a day off. Yeah. In the middle of the season because he's not going to be the catcher. Well, which is funny because you're allowed to sleep in the bullpen, but you're not allowed to, to take a day off as a catcher. Well, I guess you could take a planned day off, but if you're like, I'm not in the lineup, but I'm not taking a day off, especially if you're a switch hitting hard, pretty hard hitting, I guess, or at least used to be catcher hitting okay this year. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, you might have to pinch hit, dude. <laughs> like, right. I mean, I actually get Tim Anderson there, but, you know, just all the stuff that's coming out about Tim Anderson, a guy we both like, kind of seems like a punk right now. You know, well, it's, and, you know, hard. It's just a really hard sport. It's a grading sport. So, I mean, if you get frustrated and do something, you do get a lot of, you get a lot of leeway with me at least. But I mean, things seeming to be unraveling for Tim Anderson, like in right in front of our eyes. Well, the things with the this Kenyon Middleton thing, and, and we're definitely gonna get to Tim Anderson getting knocked on his ass. I mean, he started that fight, isn't it? Isn't that like the isn't that the rule, like the unwritten rule of like bar fighting? If you're the one that's instigating and you're the one that throws up your hands, like you want to go, aren't you the one that usually gets knocked out? Hey, fucking minute. Yes, <laughs> so, it usually is. I I mean, I, I just, just don't get it. I mean, yeah. I just, I don't, but it, it, it goes to speak to what I've talked about and, and what you've kind of conferred on to on this show is that I, there is no, like Kenny Middleton said, no leadership in this organization and everybody's just running amok. Nobody for whatever. And I don't know what the deal is behind the scenes. You never really do with players. You know, you see what they do on the field and you start liking them. Like, that's why I've always liked Tim Anderson, because I could see what he's done on the field. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it really blew up for me with that walk off home run in the cornfields. Like, I really enjoyed watching this kid play baseball when he wanted to play baseball. This organization has sucked the lives out of all of its players and the Kenny Middleton thing, what it did was it started opening up the eyes. It started opening up what we really already believed and that this was a poorly, poorly run organization. This organization from the top down Mm -hmm. is just so poorly run. There is no leadership. They had a guy come on ESPN 1000 and he was just a caller in and he happened to be a former minor league player who played for the White Sox. They didn't divulge his name, but he said, I played for this guy. He's like, it does not surprise me that this pitching coach is allowing things like this to go on in the bullpen. Does not. He plays favorites. Anybody, if you throw 98 or above, you've got one set of rules. And if you throw under that and you struggle to strike guys out you have a different set of rules there there is no there is nobody in this organization right now that anybody has any respect for enough to actually follow a set of rules follow a diagram yeah. kenny middleton said when he got traded 
the first thing he did was went and shaved his face because he knew when he walked into the Yankees clubhouse exactly what it meant to be a Yankee and what it meant to play meaningful baseball. And the Yankees are in last place, by the way. <laughs> so there, he was excited when you listen to guys, you know, go out like, like Jake Berger play his first game in Miami saying, I texted my wife after this game, told her this is the most fun I've had on a baseball field in a very, very mm. long time. It's just, it's eye-opening, and it, it tells you every time what this organization is. And if Jerry doesn't do anything, if Jerry doesn't fire these guys, and I, I, I don't know if you saw that press conference today with these two buffoons at home plate with Jerry smoking a cigar and these two buffoons laughing. These two guys are like, you got Rick on. You don't want to be on tape. And, and Kenny like laughing. At, at this moment, how is that possible? This organization is a joke. And if Jerry doesn't do something, it just goes to further what we already have said, what we already know. And that is that Jerry Reinsdorf has lost touch with what it takes to build a winning organization. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. You don't want to be caught laughing at, at this time, especially when your entire organization would have had a collapse, would have already been a story if none of this happened after the, this the collapse that is this season. Yeah. And now you're now you're at home plate laughing. And on top of that, Rick Hahn's talking about like he like he's on his way out. Like he's saying, Yeah, we're setting stuff up. You know, for the White Sox, you know, next year and in the future for, you know, and then he even said, if I'm out, I get it. You know, I don't I wasn't the smartest guy in the room when I won executive of the year. And I'm I don't and Jerry's smoking a cigar 20 feet away like they just won a division. Like like you you have got to be kidding me with the message that you are sending with this. You, You are coming out to to do this, not because. You guys are are winning ball games not because you're introducing you know somebody that you just brought in a, as a big trade piece at the deadline not because you are making moves or you are making strides or you're building a new ballpark you are coming out here to explain to people what players are talking about players cooperating stories after they leave the organization about how you are a dysfunctional bunch that has zero rules and zero respect and you are now a laughing stock of the entire damn league. People are laughing at you. You live in the third largest market in all of America for sports. You have a fan base that is rabid for a winner. And you guys are coming out here laughing at home plate. Jerry's smoking a cigar. And all of you guys still have a job because you're collecting your paycheck on Friday. And you may, you're making the Oakland A's look good at this point. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. Oakland A's an organization that traded all their good players away. Uh, basically want to move. They're doing like we did, you know, we talked about it extensively uh, when they had that basically a sit-in, but in the stadium, probably one of the coolest things you'll ever see in sports, bunch of fans coming to a stadium because they want to see good baseball. Yeah. Um, the Oakland A's and, and they look good compared to the Sox. I mean, you had almost 30,000 people come to that stadium and almost tear it down and, you know, screaming, sell the team. And they look good compared to the Sox right now. And Oakland, at least Oakland owner has, you know, a, you know, a cause for concern. I mean, that, that college, the Oakland Coliseum is terrible. It's cavernous. And just terrible for baseball. Uh, two, you're in Oakland where the population keeps going down. Now, not that Chicago is that much better for population decrease, but 
I think you get what I'm saying. There, there's not a, they're not a big, it's not a big population center, Oakland anymore. Not like it used to be, you know, as crime problems, thing like that. At least he has something to, to look towards. And it's they're like having to warriors now. And, and you know what? They were bringing in Ethan Katz to help this team. Did they, you know, he worked with Giolito. He worked with Dylan Cease. He worked with G- Giolito in college. He worked with Dylan Cease in the minors. You know, he fixed a couple of these guys. He's, you know, he came in for the legendary, really pretty legendary Don Cooper, who presided over a, you know, a starting pitching staff that had four complete games in a row in the playoffs, which is never going to happen again. Maybe less because of the talent on the team and more because of where baseball going. But still, very had some really legendary staffs right. come through there. Or, you know, Mark Burley. You know, I, we we can name all the pitchers, but um, yeah. And now you got Ethan Katz coming in, and there's guys sleeping in the bullpen. I guess it happens a lot, but to not shag balls and to be a rookie and to. Mm-hmm. It's just a really bad look for a team that's already terrible. And we got a couple of live listeners chiming in, as always. Doubting Thomas, thank you for joining the show. He says, Combs, I'll buy your Timmy stock for 10 cents on the dollar. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to you for a penny on the dollar. Um, and Jeremiah Murray says he made a comment that they had said they had a problem before the All-Star break and they would get the guys out of the trade deadline. So they traded the guys that gave a shit. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean... It's it's very accurate. Probably, you know, a a guy that was, you know, the best, like I always say, the best part of sports is watching a guy on his way up or a team on their way up. That's why, you know, the cut watching the Cubs now has been a lot of fun just to see them play well. You know, remember how it was back in 2020. Uh, And you know, what's what's really telling for me and, you know, a lot of it is telling, but the the real thing when it comes to Tim Anderson and we'll, we'll get into Tim Anderson here is that Lucas Giolito, who was very emotional about leaving the White Sox mm-hmm. was he, he cried. He, he, you know, loved his time as a White Sox. He wanted to be a White Sox his entire life. He is in the bullpen after the fight happens and he is laughing with his teammates and mimicking how Tim Anderson got knocked out. Like that to me is very telling about Tim's state in in that clubhouse. Now, yes, there's no leadership in that clubhouse. I mean, we I we've said it a, a couple times on the show about how you know at the All Star break last year when it was announced that Tim Anderson would be an uh, an All Star, not one clap in the locker room, dead silence, crickets. And when you get to this fight and you get to to him squaring up with Jose Ramirez. Nobody comes to really go after Jose Ramirez. Nobody, nobody does it. And that uh, dude, this is my favorite clip. This is a clip from the fight, and this is the uh, the the radio broadcast of the Cleveland Indians. And this is broadcast gold. Go ahead, play it. Yeah, we'll go. Yeah, we'll go right after. This is fine. Let's see. Oh come on! Now we get the wheel. Oh, <laughs> uh, is that is that uh, wheel of death? <laughs> I call that Walmart Wi-Fi. <laughs> My God, come on! What did you do? Anyway. At any rate, we'll, we'll we'll get to this clip as soon as uh, as, yeah. What you gotta do? Walk your tablet closer to the area where Walmart is at. Um, you might get a little bit better. I'll signal. get it to play, and then we'll come back to it. <laughs> but at any rate, so Tim Anderson, and, and to me, I saw the play. 
And I saw the play the night before where Tim goes to tag the guy and his arm comes off. I like I don't care about stuff like that. You go to tag a guy, they're like, "Oh, he karate chopped him." Well, just so what? Keep your hand on the base. Yeah, you got exactly. two hands. Put the other hand on the base. I I'm gonna tag you hard too to hope you come off. And if you have a problem with that, I'm sorry, but that's called hard nosed baseball. And th- and that's what we do. I know we'd like to baby players. You can't run. You can't chuck guys out at first. We're gonna make bigger bags. Uh, you you gotta you gotta slide into the base. You can't take out runners uh, to to break up a double play. You, all this other crap that we're doing now to to make the game safer. I sort of understand, but. This was a this was just a tag, and he slides and he slides so hard through the legs of, of Tim Anderson. It looked like a normal tag. He just puts the tag down on his butt, and then all of a sudden Jose Ramirez gets up and is yelling at him and is pointing at him. And then Tim squares up, dude. Like like Tim Tim is back on the block, and and he's about to 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 do some damage. Anderson square up. They're fighting. They're swinging. Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. <laughs> so he squares up. I love that clip, man. He like this is a Ali and Frazier, right? <laughs> so I like I'm Anderson squares up, and then Jose, you know, as he's getting pulled away, throws a haymaker and just connects with Tim's jaw, and all of a sudden, glass jaw Tim shows up and he just goes down like a ton of bricks man i'm sorry if you square up like that you better do some damage and and uh <laughs> i was speaking uh to doubting thomas about the fight and he had a good point uh about this he actually gets in a fighting stance for as a lefty so he's leading with his right hand instead of his left hand. If you're a righty, you want to lead with your left hand, you jab with it, you come back with your right hand so you can cock and go. <laughs> he was leading yeah. with it. So obviously not a fighter. Uh, can I bet on this fight while it's loading? Maybe we should have done the over under on how long it would take to load. <laughs> we should have. <laughs> we should have taken it downloaded for you guys. But anyway, yeah, I mean... Uh, I, I think there is some pairing there for Tim. I mean, obviously. <laughs> Jeremiah Murray says, in Tim's defense, he's more of a knock-up guy, not a knockout guy. <laughs> well, it's been a year. What's the Ouch. statute of limitations on cheating on Ouch. White? you got to get away with it after a while, right? Um, but... <laughs> I'm going to let you take that conversation. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> You say a lot of stuff that puts your marriage in jeopardy on this show, buddy. <laughs> Good thing Nicole does not watch. Uh, I'm kidding, but <laughs> oh, she watches for sure. Oh, you're uh, in trouble. But, but anyway, uh, and you know, I I do actually think he does care because there is some caring there. I mean, he's the guy that threw the bat, all that. He does get pompous about it sometimes. But he used to back it up when you're not backing it up anymore and things just start to unravel like it just gets worse and worse uh, for people and public humiliation. That's like top on the list for things for the worst things that happen to people these days or, or what yeah. people say would be the worst thing to happen to them. It's public humiliation. And he's being publicly humiliated one once after another, it seems. And it's. It's bad because you like. For the first, I don't know what, four years of his career, you could tell how much he loved the game, yeah. how much flair he played with, how much excitement he brought to the team, how much excitement he brought to the fans. 
And over the last two years, actually really just the last year and a half, and maybe it's his personal life, like he said, maybe he's struggling mm-hmm. with, with dealing with some of that. But he is like, he's just, just not happy being on the field. And I really do believe that a big portion of it is this organization that yep. he is in because mm. you have this organization that is just sucking the souls, not only out of its players, but out of its fan base. What could have happened? In the last couple of years, what could well, have... I mean? He got caught cheating on his wife, and that. Well, I, thing, I, I mean, I mean, you I brought mean, that on yourself professionally. Well, professionally, you you're talking about the LR come in, yeah. Who people yeah. have said, you know, blows the race whistle a little bit too much. The old school rules of baseball, all that crap, and Tim was totally against all that. Right now, he he, he went with the punches. Ended up having a great year in 2021 under Tony. But I mean, I think something like that probably wears on a player, um, you know, especially when they go on to keep losing. They have the 500 season and then and and this is what's going on under, you know, Tony, too. This wasn't just this isn't just Pedro. I mean, I think things were probably worse under Tony, I would have to say. Yeah. I, I well, I don't know if things were worse under Tony. I think that I think that Tony and now as we keep going. I think maybe Tony got more blame than maybe he deserved because, and I'm not a Tony guy. I don't, but they, they hired a a 75 year old dinosaur to take on a team of young Cuban talent primarily. And, and he was set up. He wasn't this, he, you weren't getting the same, you weren't getting the Tony Larusa of the Cardinals. You weren't getting the uh, the Tony Larusa of the the White Sox from 1980s. No, you weren't getting the Tony Larusa of the World Series champion Oakland A's. You weren't getting those that guy. You were getting the guy who needed to make some money because he had like 19 DUIs and was probably yeah. just needed to support his his drinking habit. And you're- you're also not getting a guy like he's not even like a Joe Madden, like an older guy who like kind of acts young. You, you weren't even getting that. You know and what the, I mean? And and now Pedro Grafal. I mean, look, you're not, you can't give Pedro Grafal another year, but Pedro Grafal is going to get a lot of this blame here too, and it's really not all on him either because you hired a guy again to take on this team that needed some leadership and some direction. And you hired a guy that probably didn't know much about winning too much, who probably didn't know much about actually being a manager because he's never been one. His own team passed on him twice. And you put him in a situation to take on a team that was already struggling to find its identity. And now he's going to lose his job because of that. Now he's going to be the guy that that probably, I mean, he's going to struggle to find another gig. He's going to struggle as a as a manager, I should say. He probably won't struggle to be a bench coach or or, or whatever, but he's going to struggle to find another manager's gig because of this crap that is going on. And I I believe that this has been going on for longer than what Pedro Gafal and, and I've heard players already say that it's been going on for longer than Ken Kenny Middleton even said it. He said I was told in in um spring training same old stuff with these guys that just didn't care with these guys that weren't doing what they need to do guys not showing up to pitchers practice rookies 
not showing up to pitchers practice. What in the hell is going on? Yeah, I mean, it's like one of those uh, cartoons where the cartoon like walks into a room and there's all these guns pointing at him and he tries <laughs> to slowly slink away while Pedro's not going to be able to slowly slink away. And he's going into it. He's going in <laughs> into the swerve or right. trying to go against it, actually, because he is, is constant comments and getting surly with the with with reporters. It's like, right. dude, like. And, and I heard somebody say, was that is that he's, is he's that he's managing the Titanic? I hear people say he's managing the Titanic. No, th- this guy is not managing the Titanic. What happened was, is is that Tony La Russa was managing the Titanic. As it was sinking, Pedro Gafal swam in to try to save some people as it was half in the water. And now he's going to be the one that goes down with it. As the yeah, he's one of those boats that came up to the Titanic and there was too many people trying to get on and just yeah. sank into the Atlantic. <laughs> He's the one that shows up after with the whistle as Look as Rose is letting him sink. Sell Not the team. Sell the team. Sell your Joe Montana jersey. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Just because it's John. <laughs> and I'm tired yeah. of getting emails about Joe Montana. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it, it. It it just keeps getting uglier and uglier. I I really don't know uh, where they go from here or how they go. I I just think this is when you clean house. I think this is when you know to clean house. Uh, it's I mean sometimes it's hard to tell. Sometimes you know it when you see it, and I think you know when when you see it here. I'm gonna bring up John's comment again. Sell the team. Is there any way Jerry salvages this short of selling the team? I don't know. I mentioned one on the phone the other day with you. I mean, I guess you can bring in Theo Epstein, but he's never going to pay him. He, he's never going to pay him. Yeah, but that's the only him. way you salvage this without selling the team. Yeah, but I I don't even know if he can. I don't even know if he wants to come in. It needs to be a guy. The rules of the game. He's got the focus group. He's (laughs) a play. It doesn't have to be Theo, but it can be a like-minded guy like Theo, a young GM who who wants to win, and and that you're going to give full reins and and maybe not an empty open checkbook the way Theo Epstein has been given in his time in Boston and Chicago. But at least a, a, a checkbook with some heft to it, a, a checkbook where you can go out and be a player with some of these big name free agents that you can actually sign to a five to seven year deal for maybe 200 or 300 million dollars. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you're not going to continue to to be able to do what you're doing the way that you're doing it with the people that you have in office. It's just not going to happen. And like I said, if if he does nothing, if he stands back, if he stays in the back, smoking a cigar while these two guys get to keep laughing, then you are going to find yourself in, in a bigger black hole than what we have already thought that they are in. I mean, it, it happens once, I guess, you know. It's it's them like the Gar Pax thing that lasted forever, and then it, you know, 
happens twice. Shame on you. I mean, this is the second time that this has happened. It's almost the blueprint that happened with the Bulls, where Paxson wanted to leave. He did it to he did it to Robin Ventura. He didn't want to manage. Yeah. He didn't even want to manage. I said it wasn't for gibberish. After Ozzie Gian, they weren't going to hire a manager, so they didn't. They hired Robin Ventura, who didn't want to manage and was never a manager. Jeremiah Murray says in reference to our Titanic thing, meanwhile, Rick and Kenny float away on a door. Yes, who, they both could have fit on that door, Kate Winslet. You could, which you which one on is door. Which one is Jack? Who sinks to the bottom? <laughs> Who sinks to the bottom? Probably Kenny, because he's been yeah. here the longest. I think he's, he has more culpability. I mean, Rick Hahn was making a name for himself. So, yeah. I mean, is this, uh, if, if anybody's the least culpable, it's probably Rick Hahn. He did not want to bring in TLR. Right. And I don't think, I. he said all the right things about Pedro Grafal, but I, I, it's hard for me to believe that he wanted to bring in Pedro. I... But I yeah, don't disagree with you, Maybe but it was just a bad idea. Good. Yeah. And, and that makes it even out. worse for Rick and Kenny. You brought in this guy after you were for fan, hand fed a, a, a guy that you didn't want. And he did a terrible job while he was there. You went out and didn't got another guy who was going to do a terrible job while he was there. <sighs> yeah. I mean, it's something. Next topic. <laughs> <laughs> you're, t- you're done with the white side. You know, I I, I, I texted you earlier in the week. And he, I mean, just... I texted you earlier in the week and I said, you know, because you, you messaged me and you said, uh, you know, that we need to talk Cubs. Actually, you came by the house. You stopped by the house mm. on Saturday night and you said, we need to, the Cubs have to be the lead story with the, with the way they're playing yep. and how good they're. He's like, and the socks are done. We, we shouldn't, we don't even need to talk socks. And then all the stuff happened. And I texted you and I said, hey, look, I, you, no matter how good the cut is like, it's like, yeah, great. Cubs are doing great. They're, they're close to first place or close to a wild card, but look at all the sock stuff to talk about. I know. <laughs> None of it is baseball. Ridiculous. And that was just a fight night. That yeah, was, that was fight night. Yeah, and we're not talking about the Logan fight <laughs> against yeah. Diaz. That was fight night for Tim Anderson, and it's probably a better fight too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Megan Megan TV checks in. They just need Ted Lasso. I, I agree with <laughs> anybody at this point. You can bring in a guy that knows nothing about baseball, and it might it might improve the team. I've got to check out that show. I've heard good things about oh, it. I still have not seen it. Uh, Shanna Stiso Trust chimes in and says, Hey guys, talk the fight. That was hilarious. We already talked the fight, Shanna. You're late. <laughs> we it showed a clip that uh, took him 45 minutes to upload because he's got Walmart Wi Fi and, and we talked about the fight. This um, is opportunity. We got Xfinity. We're top of the line over here. How dare you? <laughs> oh, it's Indiana, though. The, the strip club next to the daycare down the street is probably stealing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <the signal>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's talk what you wanted to talk about then. Let's talk some cubbies, man. The, right. the, the Cubs are have found themselves. They they take two out of three from the Braves. I told you last week what's probably gonna happen is they're gonna, you know, win the last three versus Cincinnati. They're probably going to sweep or take two out of three versus Atlanta, and then they're gonna get swept by the New York Mets. 
And they do take two out of three versus the Atlanta Braves. They did take the final three versus the Cincinnati Reds. And then they got beat 10 to two versus the New York Mets last night. <laughs> and now they're locked in a two, two tie in the fifth, but that's, just, that's what the Cubs are though. And that's where it, it kind of, it gives me pause for concern. I'm happy with where they're at. I love where they're at. It gives me pause for concern because people are talking about how weak their schedule is over the last you know month and a half of the season. They don't play bad teams very well. They play the good teams very, very well. I, I listened to it was it was funny as hell. I'm listening to uh, I think it was um, it was one of the shows on 670 The Score, and and they said you know the Cubs they need to get the you know Stroman right because you can't win four games against the good or you can't win a game against the good teams with with Jeremiah Assad pitching four innings. Well, they just beat the Atlanta Braves, the best team in baseball, with Jeremiah Assad pitching four innings. So they can. Um, John Fitzgibbon says putting the show on mute now. John, we can't just we can't just be depressed about White Sox baseball. It was yeah, So uh, you know, so, don't don't put it on mute. We're not going to talk Cubs long because we're going to get to Fitz gibberish. Fitz gibberish, and and then we're going to talk some Bears. But yeah, Cubs are playing good ball, and yeah. Yeah, They're doing some good things. I I question why we continue to have Nick Magical in the lineup over and over and over again. I do question that. I'm concerned about pitching. I'm concerned about the fact that they did not do anything at the deadline with the pitching. I said that at the deadline. And now, you know, after last week when we said, hey, they need to do something like put Stroman, you know, on the DLs for him to miss a couple of starts to get him right. And now all of a sudden he has a hip injury yeah. and, and is going to get right, which is funny because they, they actually asked Ross about that. Is this a, a, an actual injury or is this him, you know, needing to work on some things? And he said, yeah, it's probably him needing to work on things, which you usually don't hear a manager say, but David Ross says it, you know? <laughs> um, so I don't, to me, I think the Cubs are in a good spot. They score at a tremendous rate since mm-hmm. June 9th. They have the second best record in baseball, only behind the Atlanta Braves. They are playing good baseball right now. They find ways to win. They can they can score fifteen to twenty runs. What in, happened in before June 9th? Before June, well, no, April. They had a good April. I'm just kidding. and they had a bad May. Yeah. Uh, they had one bad month. I mean, they could they probably could have ran away with this division if they had a solid May too. Yeah, it's just you know what I mean, and we we pointed it to it before. It's inconsistency. Yeah, and and I I don't think I, I I think they did the right thing at the trade deadline. Just chew at the edges or don't do anything. I I really don't think even though you know um with the third baseman Condelario that they picked up is is a good player. Yeah, uh, they, he, he's not a guy that's going to change the. Well, he's a first the, baseman now, though, because we got to keep Nick Magical in the lineup. <laughs> he, he's not going to try. He's not going to change the direction of the team, you know, of the National League by being traded. But I, I just don't think you get away. You don't go and get Scherzer or anything like that. Scherzer's not going to win you a championship right now. Well, no, but you go and get a smaller per- piece. You you could get a smaller piece. You could have went out and you could have gotten. You know, you look at a couple guys that were moved, like Rich Hill. You look at a guy, Rich Hill, right now. Older than you. Would rather see Rich Hill on the mound right now than Drew Smiley. The way he's getting hit all over the place. Drew Smiley. 
Yes, I'm taking. I would take Drew Smiley out of this game if Caleb Killian, who just got called up, pitches really well in his start that he's going to take for Strowman. He's going to take Drew Smiley's spot. Guarantee it. It's going to happen. Drew Smiley hasn't pitched well in two months, and and they keep running him out there every fifth day. I mean, they they've tried everything. They've tried using an opener. They tried. And yeah. He pitches yesterday, and and what do they do? They lose ten to two to a Mets team that's traded three quarters of its team. I don't know. I guess anybody could pitch better than that, but <laughs> but Rich Hill, no, he's not going to change the. And who are you going to have to give up for him? Jeremiah Murray says, "Are you ready to apologize, to Nick? Mad- Why would I apologize to Nick Madrigal, Jeremiah? Why would I do that?" Why give me one good damn reason why I should apologize to Nick Magical? Why? Because because he, he had one game with two hits, or or because he had a, a freaking error in a game the other day that luckily didn't cost them a game against the Atlanta Braves because he he can't throw the ball across the diamond. Nick Magical is terrible. Nick Magical should not be on third base, and I actually question David Ross's sanity that he keeps putting him there. He's productive. Yeah, productive at elevating my blood pressure. He's got his 1.2 war player. He hasn't had a lot of at-bats. 695 in his career. Because he's terrible. (laughs) Uh, Batting 279. That's not that bad for right now. It really isn't. I hate you. He's never going to have a, a giant slug. Now you want to talk stats. Anytime I want to talk stats, you're like, don't give me the yeah, stats. Like, I, I want to talk he, about the he, stats. He was, number, he was number nine in the MVP voting. Jason Hayward was 14th in the MVP voting that year. Dude, with, with your nose that big, he does it terrible. hurt to try to get nasally? Terrible. At least you're not paying magical anything. You should does be it? thinking about Jason Hayward every time. You're still paying him to play in what? On the Dodgers? What the hell? You're Does paying it... the Dodgers to play Jason Hayward. They need the money. That team. They Does... really need the money. Does it hurt for you to get nasally with your nose that big? Unbelievable. <laughs> it's all you, you gotta, got. You got to hold a lot of air it's in all there. all you got. <laughs> I Look, Nick Magical is not. I, I don't know. I, I'm not a Nick Magical guy. You say Nick Magical's pro- productive all you want. He's batting ninth in this lineup. He's a below average third baseman, which is why you needed a defensive third baseman. And they went out and got one, and now he's playing first base. It makes zero sense whatsoever. Shanna Cecil Trust says he probably had his nose broke before. Yeah, damn right I did. <laughs> there's a funny story uh we've we've talked about my wife nicole a couple times on this (laughs) my my sister megan is looking at a picture of me and she goes this is when i was younger before i got my nose broke she's like sorry nicole he got his nose broke (laughs) my nose is totally different Yeah, it wasn't funny to me. And, and then, meanwhile, we we wow. as uh, 
Jeremiah says, how many home runs does Hayward have? That's another thing. We let, you know, we, we get rid of Hayward, who was terrible while he was here, minus the, the meeting that he calls in game seven of the World Series. But he was terrible while he was here. And we let him go for Seiya Suzuki. And now he's betting like 264. I think he's got like 11 or 12 home runs and is playing well for the Dodgers. Well, somewhat well. I was saying their lineup sucked when he was batting like third or something at one point in the season. They had some guys hurt, though. Yeah. yeah. Just better ball. They got nine guys in the top 100 in their farm system. Yeah. Good team on the yeah. field and off the field. They're going to be all right. I just thank them for Cody Bellinger. They we we what basically traded we basically traded Jason Hayward Hayward for they Cody. Couldn't, they couldn't keep Cody Bellinger. You can't be bad for three years and then they keep you. That doesn't no. Yeah. I mean, maybe he was hurt. I don't know. He isn't. He knows he's in a contract year. He knows if he sucked this year, basically someone takes a flyer on you next year and you're done. Is marijuana legal in California for recreational use? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, they deliver it to you there. I was going to say that's where it could be. They deliver it to you there. Yeah. Damn. I'm moving to California. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, I mean, they land last year, everybody. <laughs> do the Cubs are two and a half out of the division, a game out of the wild card. Do you expect them to win either one? I don't know how you want me to answer this question. Honestly, at 41 minutes and 30 seconds into the show, no, <laughs> I don't. I just think they're too inconsistent. I don't think they're as good as they are now. I don't think they are bad as they were when they were, you know, eight, nine, ten games under five. Hundred and you said it's over. They should sell now. They went for buyers of sellers in one week. They did. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just think they're somewhere in between. I think a few games over five hundred. If that wins the division, that does. I mean, if the division comes back to them, that's you know fine. Uh, but well, the dot yeah. the the Brewers and Cincinnati are both three and seven in their last ten. Yeah, Cubs are seven and three. I don't see those two teams staying there. Uh, you know, they both were doing pretty well coming up to here, but you know, baseball is a weird sport. I could be wrong, but if I had to put money on it, hand tied behind my back, I'd have to say no. Cincinnati is a young team. Probably they remind me a lot of the 2015 Cubs team where they're, I believe they're a year ahead of, I think next year they're going to be a legit threat to, to maybe win the national league, maybe compete for a world series. So they're going to be a problem for a long time. The Brewers are that team that always seems to find a way to blow it. <laughs> they've got they've got a, a lot of good hitting, or yeah, a lot of good hitting, or I'm sorry, a lot of good pitching and no hitting. And the Reds have the opposite problem. They got a lot of good hitting and no pitching. And yeah. so I, I think that the division can come back to them. I think that they can win the division. Um, the thing is, I mean, the team that they're behind one game in the wild card is the Cincinnati Reds. So I do believe they will win one of them. Uh, I believe it's actually the division. Um, and if not, I think that the the wild card is within reach. And I I think that it's it's going to be one of them. I think we're going to be watching playoff baseball in Chicago this year. And I, I did not see that even as far as two weeks ago. I didn't see it. I, I you know, I didn't think it was going to happen. I At the beginning of the season, I said 86, 87 wins. Maybe they compete for second in the division or third in the division. 
but they're not going to win this division. 86, 87 wins, and they're they're not going to be anything. And this team just they find ways to win, and they beat good teams, which bodes well for October. When you play well versus oh good teams, you God. you've got a chance. Me I'm, sick. I'm not saying they're going to win a World Series. I'm not even saying they're going to the NLCS. I'm just saying they've they've got a good enough team where they can be a tough out or a problem in October. It's and I do think me right to do a show with a Cubs fan. This is what happens. They win a few games. They won six series in a row. And all of a sudden they're going to do damage in the, in, in October. We, we against could, who? we could talk who? against we, who? Uh, what do you mean against who the Braves, who they just took two out of three, oh, who they've God, actually, who they, the Braves in a series, it's the middle of the season. This is in October. They've won four they're out of six against the Braves this year. They're gonna have to set up. They're going to be able to set up their pitching. They're going to be they, able to. They won four that. of six out of the guys. Braves this year. The Cubs are going to be trying to win the wild card. Come on. They took two out of three from their top three in the rotation. Oh, wow. In the middle of the season. That's not no, an October. No, not, it's, it, but it's in August. For one, I'm just, I'm not, look, I'm not telling you they're August. going to beat them, but they can, games to play. they've shown that they can compete with those teams. They've shown okay, that they I'll give you that they can be that one of those where anything when it comes to October. Look, I, look, I know it is hard for you to understand what it's like for to be a uh, fan of a team that actually is playing meaningful baseball in August and September. Oh, you got well, we can't talk what White Sox baseball. baseball. You want to talk We're White Sox baseball against teams like the Dodgers or the Atlanta Braves? They're not. We talk. We talk Get White Sox it. baseball, and we we have to talk about you your owner selling the, the team out. and how they have no leadership. And now you're upset that we're talking about winning baseball. It's ridiculous. Downing Thomas, I'm with Combs. Anything can happen in the playoffs. Anything can happen in the playoffs. Wow, what a great point. That's what everybody says. Yes, anything can happen in the playoffs, but one team is better than your team. We're removing Fitz from this situation. We are taking him off screen and removing him from this situation. <laughs> What's going to punch you? <laughs> You're trying to punch me through the camera? <laughs> yes. At any rate, I look, I'm not saying that they're going to make noise. I'm not saying they're going to win the in the playoffs but i'm saying they can be a team that doesn't get swept out and it and shouldn't be you always get those teams that you're like yeah you might be good pitching yeah, a good the, pitch, game pitch yeah yeah you you can you can steal a game with justin Steele. you might even be able to steal a game with kyle Hendricks. that's a totally different thing than saying they can make noise in october well, making noise in october is you know maybe winning a couple series I mean, Wait, making noise in October isn't winning a game or There's two. only two series before you get to the World Series. Yeah, I know, but... So you win a couple series, series, you're going to the World Series. You win a series or two. You think they're going to win a series against the Atlanta Braves? Uh, well, if... I don't think they would play the Atlanta Braves if they win their division. If they play the wild card, they could. Yeah. But they could win a, a playoff series versus a wild card team if they win their division. They could win a series versus the Los Angeles Dodgers who they they've always played well versus the Dodgers and the Dodgers always find a way to lose in October. I think the Atlanta Braves are our best team in baseball. I think the Atlanta Braves are winning the world series. So no, I'm not going to go as far as saying they can beat the Braves, but they can beat these other teams. They, they can compete with these other teams and they've proven it all year long because they play well versus the good teams. They just have had 
shit showings versus the the you know subpar team. The world. Yeah, the Mets, the Nationals. <laughs> but yeah, so if they win their division and they they get the Marlins in the first round, yes, they can win a a, a first round playoff series. Absolutely. getting chippy. It's his right. No underdog has ever won the World Series. All uh, right. How about the Washington Nationals? Let's get all the Cubs jerseys on. I'm just saying, you Cubs fans, they win for a few weeks, and it's, oh, since June 9th. Well, what happened before June 9th? Let's just take a date in history. Like, well, let's let's say you, June, June 9th. You guys get stars in your eyes sometimes, you Cubs fans. Settle down a little bit. There's still, you know, 50 games left left to play in the season. They could be five games under 500 by the end of the season. I mean, and you're already talking about October. They were 17 and 11 in April, That's and they had the, a bad May. Put the car before the horse. They had a bad May. I'm going to look at the beginning of June, June 9th. Pretty arbitrary date. You know, we could we could go. It's just I think that's when they. I don't know. I, I don't know how they picked it. I didn't pick the damn stat. It was just I mean, shown to me. Beginning of July. What what about the beginning of July? When, when you were yelling that they went for buyers and sellers. Yeah, they had yes, right before the All Star break, they had they had a rough stretch. They went from being three games under, or uh, I'm sorry, being at 500 to being seven games under. And now they're back to th- after uh, the All Star break when they were seven games under 500. Now all of a sudden they're three games over. Yeah, no, they've been That's playing well. I'm swing. not saying that. But saying they're going to do damage in October after those things happened, I think but you're you're getting stretch. excited about your team. That your team's playing stretch. well. I know you, you don't know what that's like over stretch. the last four years, but my team's playing well, so I'm excited. They're in the playoffs. They're they out to the playoffs twice. The Sox, two times. You didn't they see got swept going. out of the playoffs. They never. They did not get swept out of the playoffs. They got Which swept by the Oakland A's. No, they did not. They won a game. Oh, okay. not. they they want to go. They right, want a game against that. Houston too. Okay, nice try. All right, yeah, nice try though. Yeah, nice try. Nice try. Just like the Sox in the playoffs. I'm not saying. Why do you have to talk about my team? Because <laughs> you're talking about my team. Let's talk about the Cubs. What are, what are the Cubs? Talk about the Cubs. I, I was talking about the Cubs, but you don't like the fact that I said that they can be competitive in October. No, they can't be competitive can be in October. In October. That's what you said. You know what? Not say they can. Fuck be it. They can. The Cubs are going to win the World Series. I think. See, there you Best go. Best team in baseball, I baby. Play one comment, you get all surly. So I had to come back at you. Second best record in baseball since June 9th. The other team is the Atlanta Braves, and they just took two out of three from them. Makes them the best team in baseball. Boom. Boom. <laughs> You're just mad because your team is. I am a Make little salty. Crane. I am a little salty about the White Sox. I'll admit that, but I, I don't know if my team was three games over 500. I'm saying they're doing damage in October. Holmes Jr. says Cubs are at least a worthy team to talk about. It depends what worthy you're talking about. Are you talking on? <laughs> Megan TV says fight, fight. <laughs> I like it. It's it's just look. I think the Cubs can do some. Uh, they can beat a team. They can beat a team in October. I don't think they're going to beat the. Again, I think the Braves are winning the World Series. I don't think there's a team in baseball that is better than the Atlanta Braves for seven games. I don't. Oreos? No, there's not a team in baseball. Not not one. The, the Orioles are more worried about their announcer than they are about 
their baseball team. <laughs> but at any rate, are you ready for another installment of everybody's favorite episode? I'm all gibberish. I'm all <laughs> lathered up. Hello, my friends. It's another edition of Pitts Gibberish, a diatribe, a conspiracy theory, and an island in the middle of unapologetic and sometimes inaccurate sports talk. Is it about the Cubs playoff? <laughs> it's a little bit about the Cubs. Who is the most interesting team in Chicago sports right now? Yes, we've been talking about them for a part of the show. It's the Chicago White Sox in all their awful pig-headed glory. Not for all the right reasons. It's interesting right now in White Soxburg. Like a proxy war with Ukraine is interesting. <laughs> but, but it's intriguing nonetheless. Not like the Cubs who have been playing like a house on fire. See, it's good stuff. The last six series and look the part which either of us did not predict coming the beginning of the season. Not the Bears who gained at least 20. Yes, 20. Either proven NFL talented players or those who are projected to be NFL players to fill in the gaps of a terrible team. Nope. We are forced to talk about the White Sox who make every sensible baseball bone in your body ache like a 100-year-old owner of a football team. Who am I referring to? Yes, Virginia McCaskey, the 100-year-old matriarch of the Chicago Bears. And to Combs' grin, she is still alive. Maybe the White Sox can take some cues from what the Bears have done so far the last couple of years to res resurrect a dying old charter organization. How did the Bears? Up Bear your butt, Joe Boo. <laughs> Up your butt, Joe Boo. What did the Bears do? Well, they did something they almost never do. They moved quickly, decisively, and some would say intelligently. Ryan Pace, he gone. Fired from the Bears after one lackluster season after the other. Somehow he still has a job in the NFL, although that could be because he gave draft capital away to half the goddamn league. <laughs> he also left the Bears with a salary cap nightmare. Ryan Poles has come in to improve draft capital and the salary cap situation in less than one year. Matt Nagy, he gone, not before almost ruining the now blossoming career of Justin Fields. Say what you want about Justin Fields. After last year, his arrow is definitely pointing up. Matt Nagy also couldn't work his system to the talent he had, which is the definition of coaching. Coach Fluss has at least shown the ability to adjust at halftime, even though he does look like the like he works at Ace Hardware. Matt. Where do you guys keep the rope that can hold 180 pounds because I'm a White Sox fan and want to hang myself in my office basement? Anyway, last, certainly not least, Ted Phillips, who no one ever really knew what he did unless it's something detrimental to the team. He gone Kevin Warren has filled in nicely. He went to Cole Komet's college graduation. I don't know if you knew that. He was... 
He was there talking on the phone to the rookies who were just drafted on draft night when we were getting drunk at Bourbon Street. And the man even gave tickets to the guy who washes the windows at Hellas Hall. <laughs> He's kissing hands and shaking babies so much the babies have brain damage and the hands most certainly have COVID. Yes, Jerry. If you're going to resist selling this team like my five-year-old resists bedtime, you're going to have to do two things. You're going to have to not, you're going to have to not, number one, sorry, admit you should not have been involved in baseball operations in the first place. And two, change. Rick Hahn, he gone. Someone like an intelligent guy. We could mention Theo Epstein. You're trying to build more more into it doesn't have to be the best person out there lord knows you're not going to pay for him anyway but look to the teams who do it year in and year out i named the tampa bay devil rays or rays but you can find somebody kenny williams not really sure what he does either other than act like a bad version of billy d williams he gone you need a president who can control this team and act like he's listening to you when he actually isn't. And last but not least, Pedro Gafal. You cannot have rookies sleeping and skipping drills when you have a manager in waiting with the pedigree, the know-how, and the mouth to hand off to. Yes, it's time to give Ozzie Gian back the team that he deserves. My brother just said it, and that's Fitz Gibberish, everyone. Oh my God. <laughs> How far is that away from you? <laughs> Everybody just listening. He's holding oh my a miniature. Look, miniature. That was like that was like a fisherman who holds the fish up to the screen. <laughs> yes, it's a replica Cubs World Series trophy. Dude, I don't know what's worse. Your take on the Cubs not being able to make noise in the playoffs or the way you just butchered and butchered and butchered Hawk Harrelson. <laughs> You're just mad because Virginia, because Virginia McCaskey's still alive. Shannon checking in. Virginia McCaskey. Betty White of Chicago. It, it doesn't... It won't bother me as much if the organization is turned in the right direction, which I think that it is. So it's bothering me less and less than the fact that Jerry Krause is still alive. Or Jerry Reinsdorf, I should say. Jerry Krause is dead. Yeah, it's been tough. <laughs> but yeah, it's, that's pretty tough. I, the fact that the White Sox continue to be the limelight, the fact that Jerry Reinsdorf continues to run two organizations constantly underachieving and he just does not understand he does not grasp what it takes to run a winning organization any longer he just doesn't yeah i mean i guess he did at one time you have to say seven championships two sports uh but now i mean it's it's just terrible and and you know maybe he does take a cue you asked the question earlier I didn't want to answer it because I knew it was in Fitz gibberish, but some of it's in there. Some of it's in my comments before. I mean, there's things 
that he can do, like basically step away from the from the day to day operation. <laughs> Doubting Thomas says, "Just announce your candidacy for the new GM position." Hey, I'll take it. Yeah, hey, look, I'd, I'd definitely be into to getting you that job. Let's do it. Let's let's run this organization like it should be run. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I mean, I guess if you just guessed at players or just looked at farm systems and guessed at other farm systems, you might be able to do better than the Sox have done when they were doing all these trades, when they were drafting people. I mean, we talk about Nick Madrigal, the second baseman, a rookie of the year, uh, India on uh, Cincinnati was taken after Madrigal. I mean, and it's one right after the other when it comes to that. I mean, Jake Burr, yeah, he's playing well. I uh, used pick number three. He was out for like three seasons before he started playing. It was an injury, but still. I mean, one injury-prone guy after the other, it's got to be their fault at some point. Uh, but, I mean, I'm, I at least I could be optimistic about the Bears and the Bears season coming up. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, I think they've done a good job. Colin Coward said today, Jeremiah Murray says that Dwayne Haskins can't lead a team to the Super Bowl. So I guess we can say dead people can't do things. <laughs> Yikes. I didn't hear that. That's crazy. <laughs> I think the show by himself. So, yeah. I don't know if that's it or. Yeah. Or well, what, but. I mean, there needs to be a, a total turnover of this team. I mean, did you think the Bears could be in the position they were in after a year and a half, two years? It being a different sport, I get it. It's it's very it's a lot easier to turn things around in the NFL, but I, I it's certainly possible. Probable, I, I I don't think so. I think there's a difference between the difference between Virginia McCaskey and Jerry Reinsdorf is that. Jerry Jerry only hires a certain people and Jerry won't fire anybody. At least Virginia McCaskey has made moves. At least Virginia McCaskey has allowed, you know, the hiring of new GMs and new coaches and new things that got guys that aren't just yes men. Um and what the hell is that? <laughs> Virginia McCaskey's heart monitor. Oh Jesus. <laughs> anyway. I, I just I think yeah, that the Bears are in the right guy. right she direction does. though. Yeah, George McCaskey doesn't do much. I mean, I think it, that's even the problem because they don't know really how to hire the right people. I think they finally, by luck, have landed on a couple good ones. Yeah. But let's talk about the Bears. Yeah. Let's get to the Bears. We've got uh, week one of the preseason starts this week. They've got the Titans on Saturday night. Practice today. There were actually a lot of players that weren't at practice, like Eddie Jackson. Um, you look at, uh, I'm looking down the list here. Uh, looks like um, Eddie Jackson was not a participant. Looks like Chase Claypool wasn't a participant, um, among other notable names. There's like, you know, six or seven names on this list of guys who are starters that weren't at practice today. Should Bears fans be worried about this heading into week one of the preseason? I think if you're a Bears fan, you should always be worried about this. I mean, it's just the nature of football. I mean, it's why I don't know if you remember this, but fantasy football teams used to be picked right before the preseason that they don't do that anymore for fantasy football, because sometimes half your team could be hurt. I remember one year, the entire receiving core of the Bears got hurt before the start. 
Yeah. I mean, it's it's the nature of the game. And Eddie Jackson, I think, is a key is one of the keys to that defense. I I agree. And, and I think that I, I'm not worried about guys that aren't practicing because of small injuries, because of, you know, whatever it is, an, an ailing toe or whatever. As a matter of fact, I think that a lot of these guys have these quote unquote injuries during the preseason just so that they don't have to go to practice or don't have to go to play in, in week one of the preseason. And I don't necessarily worry. Now, if they stay on the injury list and if this becomes a problem in week one or week two, then I'm going to start to worry a little bit, but heading into week one of the, of, of the preseason and the first practice on Tuesday of that preseason game, I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. I'm not a guy that looks at the preseason. Like I want to see my starters out on the field for, for the first half of a game or, Mm -hmm. or even for like the entire first quarter. I want to see one or two series out of my guys. And then I want to see what we got going on with the, with the rest of the guys who, who will be coming up. If these guys do get hurt, I want to see what they can do in the preseason. I want to see what I'm looking at as far as backup quarterbacks go backup wide receivers, backup tight ends, backup. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm looking at all the positions to see who's performing well in the preseason. And that's what the preseason's for. And so I don't, I don't necessarily, you know, sorry, I just got caught off guard. Mike Talkman just hit a go ahead and home run in the eighth. But anyway, I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily play by play of a Cubs game. I don't necessarily believe they have replays. They have highlights that I I, watching the game in the mirror behind you. You, (laughs) That's actually a Justin Fields jersey behind me that is framed and autographed. How often do you play Justin Fields? I, me personally, I one or two series a game, all three games, but for the first two series of each game, I let him play um, because I want to see, I, I, I want to see how he gels with his wide receivers. I want to see how he performs in the pocket and, and you know, I want to see how he's throwing the ball a couple times. I don't want to see anything beyond that. Even if it's just one series a game, I'm fine with. But the reason why I say two is because sometimes you get into those preseason games, the first series is always a three and out, right? So I want to see the second series from you because I want to see you, you know, have a couple yeah. of plays. So I I would like to see one or two series per game. Um, I don't want to see if, you know, I know a lot of people go, oh, yeah, in the third preseason game, the guys, the, the starters should play at least the first half, if not three quarters. No. No, no, no. If he if he plays three quarters and then he tears an ACL, you're going to complain about that. Exactly. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I just don't think. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, you, you don't have to play him a lot. And you can still see some things from, him. you know, get yeah. the timing down, get in and out of the huddle, call the plays. I mean, he's already been in this offense. You don't need an awful lot. Uh, I still project him to be pretty you know, have, have a really great year that it's just, these guys do have to stay healthy. And that's, that's the main thing in football and in baseball, if you're the white Sox, but mainly in football, I mean, you get just getting on the preseason healthy is a win. Usually the teams that are playing at the end of the year, they're like, I can't believe the Eagles are in the super bowl. Well, they're one of the more healthy teams last year. Um, you know, even the chiefs stayed pretty healthy. 
Um, you know, if Patrick Mahomes stays hurt in that, uh, I think it was the championship game he got hurt in. If he's hurt in the Super Bowl and he's not playing, they lose. Right. A lot. So, I mean, yeah, he's the guy you got to, you're always going to be scared with the guy who runs as dynamically as him that he's going to pop an ACL (laughs) or something all of a sudden. So the Bears did finally land their defensive end, their edge rusher, and Yannick Ngakwe, a guy that I've been clamoring for for a few months now. Um, and they did ink him to a one-year $10 million deal. $10 million guarantee, I believe, is is what it is. I really like the signing. I've had, I've had a couple people tell me, hey, yeah, good luck with that head case, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't really see him as, as much of a head case. I mean, why? Because he wanted out of... of you know, um, Jacksonville because he didn't want to play on a franchise tag. Like, I don't really see that as much as of a head case. I see his production on the field. I see what he's done. Yes. He's played for a couple of teams, but he's performed well everywhere that he's went. Yeah. And I don't see it being, a, um, I don't, I, I don't see that contract being a problem at all. They have the salary cap space. It's one year. Yeah. It's guaranteed money, yeah. You know, if he gets hurt, he still gets the ten million. But a lot of the money in the NFL should be guaranteed. I mean, Jesus Christ, did they just cripple these players? Oh, but yeah. anyway, uh, you and know, cut them. I don't see. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't see how there's a downside here. He, they know for sure he's not going to get cut. I mean, the last seven years, he's like the sixth most productive uh, rusher in football. Mm-hmm. And yes, not a lot of guys have played six years in this league. <laughs> play four years let alone six but i mean that's that's a lot of guys i mean he's he's probably in the upper you know 10 to 15 percent maybe 20 percent in the league and you got him for 10 million in one year uh it doesn't it doesn't affect you down the line it it makes your defense better a lot better all those guys move down down the scale your joneses your your trevis gibsons they all move down now and it's it's almost like a bullpen now no, the way they rotate in and out these these defensive linemen now they now they move down uh you know you lose a closer now you got to bring in your setup guy and now every guy goes up and now you got guys in high leverage situations that shouldn't be there same thing with 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 the nfl you move him down now on third and fourth down he's in there maybe he's not in there on first and second maybe somebody else is to keep him fresh but now he's in there instead of you know having travis gibson being who had what two sacks last year or something like yeah. that. I mean, is is not going to. They're they were the worst deep. They were probably one of the worst, if not the worst, defenses in the NFL last year. Does this addition, along with the other additions that they've made in this offseason, does this make the defense the better squad on the Bears? Are they better than the offense heading into the season? Uh, I I'd say no, just for the reason I just said. They were the worst defense in the league last season. Uh, it's you know they weren't they did not have the worst offense in the league last season. They just didn't. You know they're the best running team uh, in football. You know they had a lot of high scoring games. They played you know probably I I don't know what the rankings are offhand, but uh, it was a lot easier to improve this offense than the defense. I think that the, I think the offense is the bright spot. I think that this defense could be even a shade under average to average. Um, And the, uh, or or the defense, yeah, can be a shade under average and the offense can, uh, it, it improves and doesn't get hurt. Uh, I think this is a playoff team, like we've said before. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still sticking with ten games. I think Yannick can give you another game. 
there. I, I mean, think that Jack can win you a game and he could be the guy to give it to you. I, I think that people are underestimating this defense and, and the additions that they made. They went out and got one of the best linebackers on the market in Tremaine Edmonds, a guy that a lot of people thought that they should have taken over Roquan Smith a few years ago. They went out and got TJ Edwards. They went out and got Demarcus Walker from the Titans, the other the other defensive end that will be playing on the other side of Bionic and Gakway. Justin Jones. They drafted Jervin Dexter. I really like Jalen Johnson. I like Tyler Gordon, who was another guy who did not participate in practice today. Jalen Johnson did not participate in practice today. Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker. I, I really like what this defense can be. And if this defense is now improved to, you know, I, between top 10, top 15 in the league, you don't even have to be top five, top 10, top 15 in the league with how we expect this offense to perform. You're really looking at something here. You're really looking at a team that can be the the best team in the in the division. They they can be a top tier team because if you win if you win eleven to twelve games, you're in that top tier of NFL teams heading into January. Because you know eleven and six or twelve and five, thirteen and four. I mean, those are really the elite teams in the league. You know, other than the guys with nine and ten wins that are trying to sneak into the playoffs. And you bring in the you know. The Ace Hardware Repairman. That's <laughs> what my dad says. I don't know why it makes me laugh. But you bring in Aberfluss to, to to fix the defense, to be the difference there in the defense, to, to have a defense that's probably less talented than the offense and to give you that edge. Uh, you know, and that's a Bears thing, too. When you're trying to build an offense and you're trying to do – all this stuff, you got a quarterback and you're like, oh, we can have a high powered offense. And you got all these new up and coming, you know, coaches with all these brilliant offensive minds. And we go and get Eberflus, a defensive yeah. minded head coach. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's, I mean, that's the most bears thing ever. Right. But you know, you went out and you got a really good offensive coordinator. And I think barring any injuries, right, let's take injuries out of the equation. If everybody's healthy for at least 14, 15 games this season. This, this team is going to be special. We are going to watch a worst-of-first team, possibly a team that might compete for a, even a one or two seed in the NFC. Whoa. Well, look, the NFC is wide open, dude. I mean, the NFC doesn't have really no. dominant teams. I mean, you expect the Eagles to be good again. Yep. Good you know, you, you expect That's maybe Dallas better. to be up there, like, but you always expect Dallas to be up there, and they always disappoint. <laughs> You know, so there's not really a team in the NFC that you look at and you're like, yeah, that team can can just run away with it. So, yeah, they can be a top one or two team in the NFC if all things are the way that they appear to be. And and um, the pro and, you know, the, the, the thing about that prediction is look at look at their schedule. I mean, these aren't teams that are like that could be better that aren't projected too far. <laughs> I said I went too far there. Yeah, I mean, but these aren't a lot of the teams that they're playing are not teams that are looking to win this year. I mean, there yeah. isn't. We we we've gone through the schedule before. Where you know we'll probably go through it again when we start. And some of these people are nuts. They they've got you know the Carolina Panthers over under in the betting world is actually higher than the the Bears over under a win total. It's over seven. And it, it's eight Bears and a half. It's eight and a half for the for the Panthers. I mean, they they've put a lot of of stock right? into Bryce Young, Bryce. Yeah, I, dude, I'm just telling you that, and that's where like when people start talking about experts, and it cracks me up all the time because I hear 
people, you know, ex- experts say a lot of things that I'm just like, I scratch my head about, right? And eight and a half wins for the Carolina Panthers. What do they see? Uh, I don't know a team that, you know, won a few games they probably shouldn't have last year. Now they have a, you know, I guess a quarterback. I mean, but Bryce Young hasn't proven anything in the NFL, and Justin Fields has. Justin Fields shown you that he can do things. He maybe not in his passing game as much, but he's shown you that he can compete at a high level in this league. Yeah. Now he has weapons. What number four QBR since uh, what was it, week seven? Yeah, that was that stat by Greeny last week. I didn't know about it until after the show. Jeremiah Murray tagged us in this, so thank you for that because that stat blew me away. Mm-hmm. The, the fourth fourth best QBR in the NFL after Week Seven last year, and uh, you know, speaking of random dates, now you all of a sudden you like a random date stat. But anyway, after Week Seven last year, the fourth highest QBR, which means he was better. He was, yeah, yeah, exactly. He, which means he it, was, it was a guy in basically the first year of his right. this one guy, but he is better. He is better. He was better after week seven than Joe Burrow. He was better in week seven than um uh the uh the kid out of San Diego that it just got it, it made one of the highest paid quarterbacks, if not the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And Justin Fields QBR was better than than Justin Herbert. Yeah, I, I don't get it. There's a lot of people saying that they're gonna be last in the division because their division is so competitive. Like we played Stephen A. Smith last week, who said, "Yeah, they're 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 well, they're going to be better than Detroit." Yeah, yeah. Jerry Goff's just going to be great again. Jeremiah Murray says one poll came out and had the Bears ranked as fourth worst team in the league. That's insane. It is insane. I agree with that. I mean, I know they were the worst team in the league last year, but there was a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of teams you're right in the NFC that were bad, and even the teams that were good did not look that good. By yeah. far the best team and the most complete team was the Eagles. There wasn't really much after that. And trust me, this is this is not for those of you listening that that have never heard the show before, or maybe you're you're from you know Green Bay or Milwaukee or something like that, and you're a Packer fan or you're a, a fan of a different team, and you're listening to the show. Oh yeah, of course these guys are Bears fans. They're gonna no. We if they were gonna be bad, we would tell you they would be bad. Yeah, and if they're bad, we'll, we'll tell you. Hey, look, this guy is not a. If Justin Fields goes out and lays an egg in the first four weeks of the season, and they start this season zero and four, trust me, you come on this show, we're going to be bashing him. We're going to be talking about how bad he is and how bad this organization is, right. is 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 doing things right now, and that they need to go get a quarterback in the draft. It's going to be like saying the Sox are going to win over ninety games. <laughs> It'll be similar to that. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, I don't he, think we're going to be wrong about him. I don't think we're wrong. I, I really don't. I, you know, I've heard I've heard callers on agreeing again. talking about it, and it's I just I don't get it. What's that? I said I'm glad we're agreeing again. <laughs> you yelled at no, me. No more fighting. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I I don't get it either, man. I really don't. Uh, it, it, it's a team that had a lot of draft picks and got a lot in free agency more than any other team in free agency. Yeah. Draft picks moving forward. Uh, I guess, I guess, you know, you could say the bears stink and you're probably going to be right. Let, Let me play. Let me, let me put a scenario out there. 
the Bears heading into I think it was a trade deadline week eight, and and nothing ever happens at the trade deadline. But Bears at the trade deadline are, let's say they're they're six and two, seven and one, maybe five and three. Let's say somewhere in that area. Do they take one of those first round draft picks and go and get a top flight wide receiver that might be available from a team that's just not performing well? Can they go and do something like that? Can they make a splash like that, having two first-round draft picks? And two second-round draft picks. Yeah. Don't forget that. I mean, they got Chase Claypool with a second-round draft pick last year. People can say what they want, but Chase Claypool is still a talented wide receiver. All right. Or fill in any of the other gaps. I mean, any gap you might have uh, part of the way through the season, I I think that's the point of it, Uh, point of having that draft capital especially if you see your team doing well that's yeah i mean that's a scenario you like and then you still have a lot of draft picks next season if you see something if you see you know last season he he liked polls liked what he saw uh with with uh, justin field so he pulled the trigger on chase claypool thought that would help uh didn't really work out i mean you know no but i think that was more of a futuristic move than it was a move for trying to win last year because last year at the trade deadline they were three and four. You know, it's not like they they weren't they weren't competing for the division. They weren't going to win the Super Bowl. You know, and they they didn't win a game after they they picked up Claypool. No, the well, Fields got hurt for a couple games there, and yep. then Claypool got hurt for a couple games, and it just never really looked right. I, I'm waiting to see how that looks this season. I hear good things in training camp, but like I said last week on Fitz gibberish, it, it's. Uh, training camps like that. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's doing good. Well, and then now this week, you know, part of the team it, it did get hurt. It looks like it's just some dings, but there's a safety valve, says Justin Murray. If the if Justin is bad, we have the resources to draft another. It's something we never had. However, I will say, Jeremiah Murray, this is not the draft class that you really want to go out needing a quarterback. Caleb Williams. Caleb, no. I, I'm telling you, right, Caleb Williams is going to be another USC quarterback bust. He's going to be. He's he's Aren't not you a guy who said on these very airwaves, if these were airwaves, <laughs> <laughs> that that you don't talk about a college team about no. not getting a good quarterback. Yeah, I'm, saying, I'm not saying he can't be good because he's from USC. That's a different. I he's just yeah. going to be another quarterback out of USC. That's a bust. I I just I'm not a. He's not he's not even going to be a Carson Palmer. I I don't believe in him whatsoever. You go and get Caleb Williams and that you're going to set your team back four or five years cuz you're going to need to draft another quarterback after that. He's not as a, he it, this was just like uh what's a what's his face a couple of years ago and I said the same thing about him the quarterback over in Jacksonville um that everybody's like, oh, if you Trevor could, Lawrence? yeah, it, Trevor Lawrence, if you could build a prototype of a quarterback uh, and, and put him in a lab, you would come out with Trevor Lawrence. No, so you would that's not. Not where the game is going. Yeah, and he's just, uh, he's not, he's just uh, not there. There are guys you look at in college and you're like, you know what? That guy's got it. I looked at it when I saw Deshaun Watson. I looked at it when I saw Justin Fields. I, I've looked at it when I saw, you know, guys like, you know, I didn't even see it. Like, nobody saw it, I don't think, with uh, Patrick Mahomes. But you, you can see guys that really have it when they're in college. And then you can see guys like, eh, I don't think his game's going to translate. Both guys in the Super Bowl mobile. Josh yeah. mobile. 
Yeah. I mean, they're not just mobile. They run for six, seven, 800 yards a year. Joe, Joe Burrow. He, he's a, he's a very, he's a pretty mobile quarterback himself, but he's, he's also very accurate. Class, but yeah. No. But he makes up with it. Yeah. For yeah. the accuracy of his arm. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, Josh mobile, Allen, mobile and big, you know, that's the thing with Justin Fields, mobile like, and big. You can't, you can't compare him to a Bryce Young or a Tua because he is big. He's a big dude. Justin yeah. Fields is. Yeah. Yes. He, he is. I mean, he knocked out that, uh, that safety yeah. last year who actually trucked Derrick Henry. That was the craziest part about that. Yeah. That I mean, it's all about leverage, but still, uh, yeah, I mean, I think mobile, I mean, we've been saying this for years in the NFL, but I think more so than now mobile quarterbacks where it's going. Hey, do you still got that Stephen a soundbite play it for Jeremiah? Would you play? What? That, to stop that. <sighs> Jeremiah Murray says there's four blue star quarterbacks in this draft. Williams has flashes of Mahomes. Stop that. Stop One more it. time. Why not? Stop it. He does not have flashes of Mahomes. You know why he doesn't have flashes of Mahomes? Because Mahomes won 11 games in four years as a quarterback in college. He was not coming out as a top a guy that people thought was going to be who he is. Stop comparing college kids to some of the greatest things that you've seen on a football field. I hate when people are like, oh, this guy's going to be Tom Brady. The next Tom Brady is coming out of college. No, he's not. Tom Brady was a backup at Michigan. He backed up Drew Henney. He couldn't start over Drew Henney. And he's the greatest quarterback of all time. He is not. He does not have flashes. Of Mahomes. If he does have flashes of Mahomes, it's because he's playing against teams like San Diego State, New Mexico State. That yes, I me, you, and Fitz could go out as a three-man team and look good versus New Mexico State. Stop that. I don't know about that. <laughs> God, I that's what drives me. You can't compare college players to NFL players. What NFL players are doing in the NFL. That's why people are saying Bryce Young right now is going to be a better NFL quarterback than Justin Fields is crazy to me. Who did he play? Why? Because he had a good game against Toledo? Stop. Justin Fields was making NFL defenses look bad. Justin Fields led an offense that scored more points against the top-ranked Dallas Cowboys defense in Dallas. Scored the most points against Dallas than any other team last year. That's who Justin Fields is. That's what Justin Fields did. Bryce Young hasn't even stepped into an NFL game yet. And he's five. Crazy. And I hate that clip, and you made me play it, Jeremiah. Screw Stop you. Stop that. Why not? Stop it. <laughs> it's closing time. You ready to get to news from around the world? All right, news from around the world. You go first. You can go. Go. On. Are you that? Are you that flustered? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at any rate, I'll go first. Fine. <laughs> Have you heard? <laughs> have you heard about the the Kevin Brown thing with the Baltimore Orioles yet? No. So Kevin Brown is the announcer with the Baltimore Orioles. Um, he 
was giving some stats prior to a game against the Tampa Bay Rays. I believe this was like on July 26th. This is when this game happened. And he was immediately removed from the airwaves. And it has since caught the ire of many play-by-play guys. And they start calling out the Orioles organization for being weak, which is exactly what they look like here. Even though they say that Kevin Brown's comments made them sound cheap and made them sound weak. So I'd like to play for you guys the soundbite of Kevin Brown and what he is doing here so let me go ahead and get this to play and hopefully it doesn't buffer because i'll never hear the end of it from bits here after his thing buffered but here we go listen to these comments brandon hyde has felt like this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in but the orioles have a chance to do something special today they've already clinched at least a split in the series winning two of the first three and they can pick up a series win behind tyler wells today It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale, June 25th, 2017, the last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two of the Trop this year after winning three of 18. The previous three years, combined it is a stark difference Ben and it is not a bad race team it's not like all of a sudden the race uh, became slouches in the American League East they've led this division every day but now two and the Orioles once again are back alone in first place yeah for the Orioles Brandon I so felt like this is these are comments these are stats that he's just made they're doing the pregame they're playing the Tampa Bay Rays who are in first place and he gets removed from the broadcast. He hasn't called the game since. Rumor has it now after all these, the story broke and everybody starts talking about it. And it's big news now. All of a sudden, the Orioles said he will be back on Friday. So I, I don't understand how teams continue to do this. I don't understand. People listen to sports talk radio. People listen to guys like you and I because you want honesty in your sports talk. You want honesty Mm -hmm. in your sports calls. You want honesty in the booth. It's one of the big reasons why I love a guy like Boog Shiampi. It's why I love, you know, guys who do it right. Like, you know, even yeah, you've, you've seen it, especially Steve Stone. You've seen it he, he got fired from the Cubs for the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you, you take that in and you go to like these, these teams websites, you go to the Cubs website after a loss last night, 10 to two, the score will be up there, but you're not going to hear David Ross talk after the game. You're not going to hear, you know, um, maybe the pitcher who lost that day talk after the game uh, on the website, right? Like that's not, something that you can find but if they win all of a sudden there's content after content after content like so i just i don't get why we are in a world where major league baseball teams seem to think that you can't talk badly about it your team when he he wasn't even talking badly he was just giving a stat they hadn't won a series in tampa bay since 2017 okay now you're about to win one. Now you're in first place in the division. You're all alone. You're having good things. And that's what he's referring to. Hey, we're finally doing something we haven't done since 2017. Yeah. 
They've been like, terrible for years, and even in 2017, they weren't that great. I mean, it's been 10 years. I said it on the show a couple, couple weeks ago we were talking about it. It's like, yeah, I don't want to hear, oh, my God, look at what the Orioles organization did. And they were like the top five draft picks. They had the top five draft pick for like 10 years in a row. Yeah. It's, it, it makes everybody self-censor themselves, and it's disgusting. It is. And it, it's it's one of those things with we, you know, we've talked about censorship on the show and how they try to censor the media and, and all these things. And you, the, the organization looks really bad. I mean, Michael K called them pathetic. Um, you know, another announcer said it was a fiasco, um, you know, and you had all sorts of, of uh, play-by-play guys that were coming to this guy's defense and rightfully so. I mean, it's just, it, it's a joke that they even did this. I mean, I couldn't understand if, if he got on and he was like, man, did that manager's move yesterday, which we hear Ozzie Guillen talk about all the time, right? Yeah. That manager's decision yesterday cost him the game. He needs to lose his job. But if, you, if you're doing stuff like that, then yes, I understand the suspension. But he was just reading a stat. This was a whole production thing. I mean, the stat was up there. They had the, the, yeah. the, the music playing, and they had it on the TV screen. They had the stat written up there. He didn't put that up there. The production truck did. So I just, I don't understand why sports teams continue to do this. And, and it's, it's, it's a joke and it's getting old. And that's why I like being on the platform that we're on. Yeah. Cause we can say whatever we want. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to shut us down. Maybe one day. Maybe. Probably not. Yeah, but good clip. I mean, I, I just can't believe that. I, I can't believe stuff like that. Uh, I, I hope that pendulum swings back the other way, but I fear every day that it's just getting worse. But yeah, uh, yeah my my news is, isn't exactly new news. Since we did uh, start off the show with a brawl, I wanted to show a real brawl. I think this looks like late 70s, early 80s. Lenny Randall. And sorry for the people who are just listening at home. If not, check us out on YouTube. But we'll explain what happens. Uh, Lenny Randall takes a pitch from a pitcher. And I'll share the screen. Uh, Takes a pitch from the pitcher way inside. It goes behind him. Uh, And then look what he does next. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. Dude. That is, and see, and you can't, like, I mean, there's just, there's nothing like that in baseball anymore. No, I mean, that makes the Jose Ramirez, <laughs> Tim Anderson thing look tame. Yeah. Yeah, when it was an actual brawl, Shanna says, yeah, when it was an actual brawl. Yeah. And, and that's he bunts the ball on purpose to take out the pitcher and he takes them out. Yeah. It, it and that was I mean, you used to see stuff like that all the time. Remember when um he I, I believe he was was he in a White Sox uniform or Indians uniform? I think he was still an Indian. But when um Albert Bell took out um freaking the the Milwaukee Brewers second baseman. Going down and a guy goes to feel the ball and he just forearm shivers him <laughs> and just takes him out. I mean, just crushes him. And and he wasn't even kicked out of the game for that. Oh wow. Did it was just see, this is a good point by Jeremiah. Did you see how the first Bateman was on his ass in a second? 
Did we see that with TA? We did not. And you won't see it with TA. And for whatever, I don't know what the deal is behind the scenes. I don't know if he can repair his, his, you know, I guess his career. His reputation. Um, all his re- yeah, his reputation. I mean, but who's going to take a chance on him? Socks Somebody. aren't going to get anything for him. No. No, I mean, I don't know if he has to be traded now or or, or what that deal is going to be. Um, you know, uh, it, it's kind of a it would be a sad end to a career. I mean, guys over thirty in this league, though, that's going to be the story that uh, that I'm going to be paying attention to because it keeps showing up. Shohei Tani is going to get a big contract. He's turning twenty nine. Ninety-eight percent of that contract is going to be played after thirty for a guy who bats and pitches. Yeah, I mean, is he going to be continue to be able to turn on a fastball? We'll see. And that's why I think that you know guys like you know you look at um, Cody Bellinger. He's only twenty-seven, and he's having this kind of year. He's going to get a contract. Yep, I, I think the Cubs need to bring. Who would have thought at the beginning of the season? We were talking about these teams that Cody Bellinger would be the guy to say the, you sure can't did. lose that guy. I sure didn't. Yeah, you have to bring him back. You have to. Um, I still don't think he gets a big contract in my mind. I think I think five but years is know. about where it's at. I think five years. I think he's gonna get five. He's a Boris guy. He's gonna get five years. And he's gonna get a heavy AAV. See if they can sign him. I I think they will. I think they will. Jeremiah Murray says it's one bad year, hand in hand with a sideshow off the field. I think TA will be just fine. I hope so too. I like TA. I really do. Um, we'll we'll see. We'll see if he can do it. Tony Thomas, one guy who's happy this year is Robin Ventura. <laughs> he got his ass kicked too. Yeah, he did. He didn't throw down the glove. Well, he sort of threw down the gloves. <laughs> sort brought, of. Should have brought a bat out to that mound. Sort of. All right, well, it is time to get out of here, my friend. It was a good week, good show. We talked some Cubs, we talked some Bears, we talked some White Sox. (laughs) It is time to get the hell out of here. We will see you guys next week, same time, same channel. We will be moving to Wednesdays starting in two weeks. Starting the 23rd, we'll be on, on Wednesdays. Just bear with us as we try to find the day that's right for these live shows that works with both of our very, very busy lives. But till then, next week, still on Tuesday, same bad time, same bad channel. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies. See you later.